Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Gavin Berry. Once again, I'm joined by the Sunday Mail's chief football writer, Scott McDermott, and Daily Record sports writer, Andy Newport. We're here to look ahead to a huge week for the club as they look to book their place in the Europa League group stage for a fourth successive season under Steven Gerrard. So there's plenty to be getting our teeth into today, boys. How are you both to start with? Good, Gav. Yourself? Good, good. Very well, Gav. Good to see you both. Sun splitting the trees, it's great. There was mild panic earlier, Andy. We we spoke earlier. I know you were working on it when there was rumours flying about uh, Nicola Sturgeon might be acting with a, be this rise in the COVID cases. Maybe the capacity would be cut for Ibrox, but thankfully um, those fears were proved unfounded. Um, so it will be a full house on Sunday as things stand, unless anything dramatically changes. Um, and it'll be a full house with entire entirely made up of Rangers fans, of course, because it was a story last week which uh, Record Sport broke online, um, saying that there will be no allocation uh, for the Celtic fans. So by my reckoning, that'll be the first time it'll be an old firm game. And with just Rangers fans inside the ground since 1994 when David Murray of course banned the away support and he was fed up with repeated damage in the Brimland Road stand it turned out 1-1 in that occasion how will this uh, affect the game on Sunday do you think? Um, it'll be a unique atmosphere but it's probably not going to be say unique it's not going to be too so different from what we've experienced the last couple of years with the reduced allocations. I mean, a lot of the times when you go to these old firm games over the last couple of years and you can barely hear uh, the away support uh, when the home support are up uh, and roaring. And the odd occasion, you know, being the, I suppose it was the season before COVID struck when uh, Celtic won at Ibrooks and, and Rangers uh, won at Parkhead. I mean, you could, that was the only time you could hear the, the sort of small sliver of fans were in both, away, away fans were in both grounds. But yeah, it was strange. It's, you know, it's a pity because old firm Derby is sort of built on its reputation of having that, you know, the atmosphere. The atmosphere is what makes it as poisonous as it can be at times. It's, it's still a, a spectacle to witness and to not have the sort of partisan nature of it, the, the two sides to it, will make it will make it slightly strange. Um, but you know, it's, I suppose it's it's just another sign of the sort of times we're living in, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, Scott, we. Obviously, when Rangers first made the decision at the time to reduce the away allocation away back just before Stephen Gerrard took over, I mean, there was probably a few factors involved. You know, one was that they wanted Stephen Gerrard to get as much backing as possible. There was a demand for season tickets, so there was going to be a financial aspect where you could just get up, get get the money in uh, up front. Um, from a sporting point of view, I suppose there was always going to be 
that there was an advantage. You know, Rangers were some way off Celtic and therefore two home games with um, practically an entire stadium of home fans was always going to give you um, a bit of an advantage. That proved the case, didn't they? Because they won both games that season. Can you understand then the fact that from what we're led to believe is that Rangers didn't want to give Celtic their allocation because they couldn't get a guarantee of a reciprocal arrangement. Um, Celtic maybe didn't couldn't offer that guarantee, not knowing what the restrictions might be when they next meet. You know, like round about New Year, as we, you know, you can tell today with Nicola Sturgeon's announcement that other restrictions might be in place. So, could you understand Rangers being a bit sceptical? Think, well, we don't want to give over nine hundred if we don't get nine hundred in January. Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, if that if that's the case, there's no reason to believe that it's not the case. If Celtic couldn't give that guarantee, then of course you can understand Rangers' point of view because they would want well, they would want it to be equal. Same for both. Same for both games. Um, don't quite know why Celtic no couldn't have given a guarantee because, as you say, you've got to think. Come the come the next old firm game. No, there shouldn't be any reason really for Celtic not to allow an away uh, an away section. You know, other clubs are already doing it. Already doing it just now. Um, so I can understand Rangers' point of view. Um, I definitely think it gives Rangers an advantage on Sunday. It should give them an advantage. I don't care what MD says. No, as an away player. No, it's it must be brilliant. No, if you're on top in a game to hear, no, your own supporters in somebody else's stadium giving you that, giving you that backing, giving you that lift. I think if it's entirely Rangers supporters there, it does matter. It should make it more difficult for for Celtic. That's that certainly the theory behind it. Whether it'll pan out that way, who knows? Um, but I do agree with Andy. I, I just in general, I just think it's a shame when the original allocations were cut. Um, I, I thought it was I thought it was sad because you no, know, you've grown up watching that fixture. I think part of it, as Andy says, is that hostility. It's that kind of poison, you know, the hatred for one to want to a better world. All of that makes that game and that derby what it is. And I do think you take a bit away from it when there's you no know, minimal away support there, and certainly on, that, on this occasion, no away support. So it will be. It will be a bit. It will be a bit different, um, and it'll be interesting to see if Rangers can go and go and take advantage of that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, '94 that game I touched on earlier. Um, I mean, that was obviously a, a kind of incredible set of circumstances, wasn't it? Because it was the first time it ever happened. But I mean, do you remember much about that game? Obviously, it didn't work to their advantage that time. That was. Is that the John Collins free kick? I was going to say, was that not the Predator boots? Was that yeah, not the first yeah. time the Predator yeah. boots? That's what it's called. Colin Scott was in goals for Rangers, I'm sure. Yeah. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Mikhailenko equalised, yeah. Yeah, that, that is the Collins free kick is what sticks out. No. Mm-hmm. Um he didn't have anywhere to go and celebrate. I mean he, usually they would run run to their end. He just sort of stood there, didn't he? He didn't really know where to go. It was just the silence when the ball hit hit the net. No, you're yeah. so not used to no, that that kind of silence when a goal goes in, even no, even an away goal. Um, it was a bit like the, it was a bit like the Rangers Leeds game when Gary McAllister's goal went in the, the first couple of minutes. No, the Battle of Britain when there was just that that kind of eerie silence. No, you're not sure if it's if the goal's been given or no. So it is, it is pretty strange. Um, but as I say, it, it really should give the home team. No, an advantage Rangers having 50, 52,000 in there on Sunday. No, 
all in Rangers' favour. I mean, if the players aren't lifted by that and aren't inspired by that, then no, that there is a problem. Um, it should definitely, definitely give them, give them a wee edge and take something away from Celtic. Of course, I suppose you flip it. You no, know, in the Celtic dressing room, you'll be thinking, "No, oh, let's go and let's go and silence them." You no, know, in their own their own kind of backyard, but. Yeah. Well, when the atmosphere is what it is, and say you've got fifty thousand for for the one team and nothing in response, um, it is it should make it more difficult for Celtic. Yeah, I mean that's that's the crowd and all that, and the squabble between the clubs over tickets is off the park. Andy on the park. I mean, I see Brian Loudrop was saying today. I was reading some of his comments. Uh, he was talking about. Well, I mean, if you go back to the Michelin game when Celtic lost both legs to Michelin, you know, if, if at that point you were fearing, you know, Celtic would have been fearing going to Ibrox. The Rangers have toiled a bit, they're struggling to find form. He, he, he was saying today that he reckons Celtic are better prepared, not necessarily a better team, just better prepared. I mean, is is that not a surprise given where they were in May, you know, respectively? I mean, it's been... Remarkable. I mean, it's been a, such a turnaround. I mean, I think when the start of the season, you know, we guys, we always get asked to give predictions and I think I might have stitched myself up by saying uh, Celtic might be in a fight for, for second rather than fighting for first. But um, at, that point, at that point, you're just sort of basing your decisions on what you've got in front of you. And at that point, Celtic looked like they were in a, you know, a lot of trouble. And You know, say bottom six, Andy, no? Steady, steady. <laughs> Don't end up any more forums. So, um, <laughs> so they, and that you know, at that point they looked like they were they were had a lot of work to do, and you've you've got to give them credit. Then you know they've got bodies in, they've rejuvenated um, some of the guys that you know really didn't you know kick a ball last year, and they, they now look you know and you know well done at Postecoglou because they are playing some incredible football. That Rangers fans probably won't want to hear that, but again, but. On the flip side, the defensive lapses that you know they've been able to sort of cover up recently, just because they've just this overwhelming sort of attacking pressure that they've been able to sort of inflict upon teams. Um, those sort of defences weaknesses haven't really been tested, but I think they're still there. I mean, I think Starfelt hasn't had the greatest start. You know, as much as Tony Alston has, uh, you know, had a, a fairly good start to the season. Um, he's not come up against Ryan, like say Ryan Kent yet. Um, if Ryan Kent can rediscover his best form, um, you know, again, there's you know Stephen Welsh, you know, didn't look you know all conquering when he was playing against you know like say Jermaine Defoe last year to get put in his backside at Ibrox uh, that four 0 game. So you know th- th- there are areas there that Rangers will feel that they can exploit, but you know it's certainly going to be a tighter affair than I probably thought a month ago and yeah. I, you know it should be a really good game I think that's the thing I think we're all looking forward to you know if Celtic come out and go at Rangers even mm-hmm. when we at home and they don't really you know know how to play with you know they don't have a reverse gear they play with a handbrake off so it'll be interesting to see how they can, if they can sustain that in an environment that Scott says we've got no backing you've got nobody to give you those wee you know when you're flagging the cheers that just give you that extra half a percent of a have a yard of pace to keep you going through the way that a crowd does sustain you in those moments when you're flagging. It'd be interesting to see if they can if they can keep that up. But you know, Rangers look much more like their, their old selves against Ross County the weekend. Still a couple of defensive issues themselves that you know reared their head. So 
you know, it's, it's, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if it's a, a full reach or something like that. I mean, it could be, it could be a thriller, and, and hope, and hopefully, it is. I was going to say that. It's, it's, it's funny you should say that, Andy, because I was talking to some pals last night, and I said exactly that. I said this game could be four each. Yeah. You know, obviously, it was that famous game. Was it eighty or eighty six? I think it was eighty six. Oh, and yeah, and they, they did draw. Yeah. And I thought this might be the time for just one of those results. Having said, you know what's going to happen next week? will end up in nil nil. We'll have to talk about it. Yeah, you see, you're saying at the start. No, it's a that's a massive week for Rangers, and of course, yeah. we've got. Well, arguably, it's an even bigger week for Celtic. I mean, yeah. this is now the acid test for for Celtic going away from home to Alkmaar and then going to Highbrooks. As Andy says, we, we know fans, and they have played well. No, was at Celtic Park on Saturday again played really well, albeit no St. Mirren losing a losing a man after less less than twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could argue that the two kind of tests Celtic have had so far. Away to Michigan, away to Hearts. No, they've lost. They've lost both both games. So yeah. I think we'll know a lot more about the Celtic team. Yeah. Uh, after after Sunday, um, and again I agree with Andy. I think no, it's going to be really interesting tactically how Rangers approach it. No, Hans Postecoglou and David Turnbull at the weekend said they won't. Celtic won't change their way of playing. They've got mm-hmm. this. I've got this system, I've got this style. Yep. They're vowing to go to Ibrooks and, and play that way. So it'll be interesting to see how Rangers deal with that. Um, because like Andy says, Celtic's weakness for me is still in defence. It's down the side, they both centre halves and between the full backs and those channels. And I think if Rangers are clever, if Celtic go come to Ibrooks as you'd expect and try and play that high-pressing game and really get in Rangers' face and they'll press them high up the pitch. I think if Rangers try and, and play around that and play out, then then they'll get caught because Celtic do have bags of energy in there, bags yeah. of talent, you know, a real goal threat from all angles. I think Rangers need to try and exploit those channels that I'm talking about. And if that means being a wee bit more direct and a wee bit longer than their game, I think that's the way to go. I think that'll be the way to, you know, to get round Celtic and to beat them. And you no, know, Andy touched on it as well. If you get Morelos, no, going round the side of Starfield and you no know, inside Taylor, uh, Kent on the other side against against Ralston and, and Welsh, for instance, then I think Rangers could get a lot of a lot of joy. Um, so it'll be really, really interesting to see how they go about it. Yeah, Andy Rangers have um, conceded seven goals in all competitions this, se- this season. It took—I was reading this earlier—that it took until their nineteenth game of last season, the three-three draw with Benfica over in Lisbon in November, before they conceded seven, seven that amount of goals. That—that that has to be a concern. Yeah, I mean, I don't think. I mean, what's helped is the defence has sort of chopped and changed a wee bit, especially in the centre half positions. I, I, mean, I think Stephen Gerrard spoken before about Harlander. He, he can't really play a sort of three game a week schedule. He, he, the injury problems he's had mean that that's not doable. So you've had the likes of Simpson come in for the Dunfermline game. Balligan was in at the weekend. And I think that's just, you know, adding a wee bit to the uncertainty they've had. I mean, Balligan you know, having a look, was culpable, frankly, for the, the Champions League exit. It was two mistakes against Kolak in the Marmol game. Looked a bit sketchy again up against Big Jordan White. The county played a lot of channel balls down his side and 
he was beaten in the air a few times and didn't really read the flight a few times. And um, I mean, that's a concern. Um, but then again, I mean, the two goals, I mean, they get somebody switches off at a free kick, but you know, it's, uh, they get unlucky. You know, McGregor makes a good save and they get lucky with the rebound. And then, you know, it's a harsh one as well. And Bassey, the boys uh, fired, I think it was Spittle, fired the ball, you know, at him for two yards out. He's turning around trying to block it and he's hits him in the arm. But yeah, it's a concern. But, you know, I, th- I think if I fully expect Talando will we'll come back in uh, for these two games coming up this week. Um, and I would, you know, think that with that partnership, I mean, maybe Barisic as well. I mean, he was. He was missing at the weekend. I'm unsure if he was rested or not. It's a, it's a bit of a strange one. Um, not even on the bench. Um, but you would think if he's fit, then it would be go back to that sort of back four, the tried and trusted that, that saw them through through so much of last year, and they were pretty solid. So um, yeah, a concern. But you know, it's, it's. I think if they can get the, the, the first choice back four out, then that's something that's pretty reliable. Yeah, I mean, before that, they need to go to, of course, Alice Kerr on Thursday. Scott, uh, if you have a look at the forecast, if you think it's hot out there today, I think it's the forecast is 36 degrees at kickoff. There's a 5,000 mile trip, round trip. I mean, it's a, it's not ideal. They, should, they would have been hoping to go there with a healthier lead. I see they drew nil nil again. You see, three games in the league and they're still not won. Yeah. It just highlights how, you know, what an average outfit they are. Does it make it all the more frustrating that they didn't get a healthier lead? Of course it does. I, mean, I think you could sense with Stephen Gerrard's post-match interview that night, uh, the night of the first leg, how angry he was because there's no doubt it would have been in his mind to get that tie over with Ibrooks and then, not saying he would have arrested a full team to go to Armenia, but he could have certainly picked, no, left a few guys at home Certainly the ones that were going to start against, uh, a lot of the ones that were going to start against Celtic. So that'll be a real frustration because you're right, no, Alice Kerr are an average, very average side. Um, no, that's proven in the fact that Rangers, even with 10 men, still were, were all over them at Ibrooks and probably should have still won by, by more, than a, more than a goal. So the tie should be over. He'll be annoyed that he's got to take a lot more kind of first-team starters probably than he would have hoped, but that's the position they've left themselves in and they need to go and get the job done now and it won't be it won't be straightforward because of the no, like you say because of the conditions no, whether it's travel or weather or I don't know like the pitching that will be there but there'll be there'll be factors that aren't no, that aren't perfect for, for Rangers and it's certainly not what you would want no, a few days before uh, a really important old firm game so I think that frustration will still be in them um, in terms of the game itself, of course you'd expect Rangers to go and to go and win, but they're going to need a really professional, you know, really kind of diligent performance. And Stephen Gerrard will be hoping that it gets done early again away from home, so that he can so that he can maybe get a few guys off and, and rest their legs before Sunday. I suppose the thing that goes in their favour though is that Alice Kerr, I mean, they, they showed no ambition at all at Highbrooks. I mean, even with down to ten men, they, they never really had a go. Al McGregor was never really under any, you know, pressure at, at all. So you would think that with them going back home, they're going to have to come out at some point to try and turn around the the, the deficit. So that would play in Rangers' favour. You know, the guys like Ryan Kent or Ahaji, um, they they thrive in that space. 
having space to operate in. So if, if Alishkirk do open up a wee bit, then you'd like to think the Rangers could, could take advantage. But An early goal, an early goal Andy kills it. I mean, many times you say that about these in these games, but Rangers need to just try and fly out of traps, get the early goal. That effectively puts the, the tie to bed. They can then play their football. As you say, Alice Kerr then definitely need to come out and try and try and get something which creates space. And the game then should go not the way you plan it. What, what you don't want is getting to half time, nil nil. We're under a wee bit of pressure. You're having to keep guys on. No, that that then becomes problematic. So if their attitude's right and they start quick then they should be able to get the game over and, over and done with and as I say get get guys off before Sunday Andy Stephen Gerrard was laughing at a £5 million valuation Everton's £5 million valuation of Nathan Patterson he's been named in the Scotland squad again uh, today you spoke to Michael Ball somebody had a foot in both of those camps obviously joined Rangers from Everton um, £5 million you agree uh, is it ridiculous and do you think there's any chance he will go? What would be a really realistic figure? Do you think he, he would want to go himself? I mean, would, nobody's really considered what he might be thinking in, in all of this. Um, I mean, happy to stick around. Um, will his head be turned? I mean, I mean, I was sat about five rows behind him at uh, Dingwall on Sunday, um, mm-hmm. and he looked pretty, say, fed up. But you know, he, you know, he was kicking every ball on the. On the on the bench, and you know, he's, he's, he's had one game so far this year. I mean, that's not kind of what we were led to believe was going to happen by Stephen Gerrard when he was talking in pre season and he was trying to fit, you know, Tavernier into his midfield so he could get Patterson playing um, at right back. Uh, five million quid, not for me, not anywhere near for me, not because he's played so many games that. You know that his value is increased, but I just think the potential of the boy is a is, is huge. Yeah, he's any test he's been given, he's coped with it. I mean, only think of you know. I mean, he's, he's not played much, but only briefly against uh, perhaps um, Slavia Prague. Did he ever look a wee bit uncomfortable? And that's you know to be on to be expected for a nineteen year old kid. I mean, I think he's he's got the ability to go all the way. And Rangers, for that reason, will not want to sort of sell cheap and, and sell him down. Not only hit his prime value. I mean, you, you saw what happened. Obviously, they, they lost Billy Kilmore for what was it, hundred and fifty grand, something like that. Oh, I think. Well, it was more. It was, was enough. Even still, I mean, you know, yeah, I know. Yeah. what he's he's worth is now. So yeah, yeah. they yeah. want to to hold on to him. And if he has to be one of the, the guys that goes, they want to maximise his value as much as they can. Um, I, I do think they need to find a way to get more games, though. Whether it be, you know, you know, give them cup games or, uh, you know, there's just been times where you know Tavernier played virtually every game last season when fit, and it seems to be that that way it's going again. I just think you know if you want to get this guy to to go to where his his potential shows that he, he can get it to, he needs to play more. So maybe alone, you know, do they do they think about getting? somebody else in to come and cover and, and put them out on more. Uh, they seem to have dismissed that suggestion any time it's been put to them. So they're going to have to find a way that he can sort of split the duties with Tavernier or, you know, as I say, we look at putting Tavernier somewhere else. But from what we saw in pre-season, for me, that doesn't really, doesn't really work. I, th- I think 
you've got two guys that are out and out fullbacks, and you need to find a way of getting them both in the regular game time because they're both important players. I thought, I, I thought they were right to knock the bid back, Gav. No, mm-hmm. the bid went in. I think they're right to reject it. But I do think Gerard was just slightly flippant you know, with the comments about about the bid. No, you're still talking about a lot of money for a 19, 20 year old kid who's no playing at Rangers. And if Stephen Gerrard thinks that he's worth way more than five million pound, no, he must must maybe think he's worth eight, nine, ten, then I would suggest, no, why is he no, or I would ask, well, why is he no playing then? He's worth that amount of money, but he can't get off Rangers bench. Um, So I don't know, I just, I just thought Gerard's comments are a wee bit, yeah, wee bit unlike him, wee bit flippant, the whole joke thing and all that. I mean, if, if that was a proper bid for a Premier League club for a, for a teenager who's, who can't get into the start of the Rangers, then, no, it probably deserved a wee bit more consideration than it's than it's got. Um, but ultimately, like Andy, I, because of his potential, mm. also because of the, the market, especially the market in England. I mean, Everton, if Everton are valuing John Joe Kenny at £10 million, then they've got some cheek coming in with a, a £5 million bid for, for Patterson, uh, given what we saw for John Joe Kenny at Celtic last season. But I think that figure's dropped, dropped substantially. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was a wee, I don't know, I just thought it was a bit, bit off the cuff, a bit flippant for, for Gerard. as I say, if, if, if he really believes Patterson is worth far more than £5 million, then why is he not playing him? The, the, the thing is that that £5 million won't be sustained if he spends another season on the bench. I mean, so yeah. the only way you can bump up the figure to what you know Rangers believe he's, he's potentially worth is to get him in the part and, and show him it. And until they do that, then it's, you know, it's, it's a mute point. But I, I really think that he needs to get more game timing. You know, cause, you know you're, you're talking about he's in, he's in the Scotland squad. I mean, is Steve Clark going to, you know, start him again? We've, we've seen that Steve Clark's been pretty stubbornly sort of backing the guys that he trusts and that he, he sees play week in, week out. I mean, is, is Nathan Parson going to get a game for Scotland when he's only started one game this season I'm not sure he is I think I think for Nathan Parsons development he, he needs more more minutes and he needs them quickly yeah just finally I mean Andy you said as you said there you, you were up at Dingwall on Sunday I mean I'm sure when you were driving home or maybe when you were driving up I don't know when but you you, you would have been made aware of this the, the video footage that appalling video it was going to with the fans and the, the, the racially abusing Kyogo Furuhashi the club were very quick yesterday, came out, hammered them, uh, indefinite bans for two fans and the supporters club that they were members of, uh, away ticket rights withdrawn um, but the, the club for acting so so swiftly? or The right response, to most the only response, I mean, it's just the way it had to be, that was utterly disgusting what we saw at the weekend and really does a point in giving what we saw a few months back with Glenn Kamara and, and, and the backing, the fulsome backing that, that, that he got at that point. And it was really encouraging to see and you thought, yeah, this is this is what we want. You know, we, we've had numerous things over the last few years where, where players have been subjected to this and we really want to rid it from our game. And to then see what we saw at the weekend was just so disappointing. Um, you know, the club did the right thing, you know, banned these people. We don't need them in, the, in, in, our, in, our, in Scottish football. 
get rid of them. Anyone else who's thinking about that, you can go as well. We don't need you. Um, but really just sad, sad that after what we saw in the response to the, the Glenn Kamara incident with um, Andres Cadella, that again, we're back talking about this subject. It's just, it's, it's, it's a bit depressing, to be honest. Yeah. Okay, Andy, thanks thanks to Scott. And Scott told me last week, I, I don't know why he left it so long to tell me that when I wrap these up, I've been uh, reading out his wrong Twitter handle. You know, he didn't exactly even, tell you. What's that? You know exactly why I did they tell you. I know, see, he didn't. It's great, but he out his phone number so people how, can the way to do it that way. How sneaky was that? He just slipped it in. He said, every time you do that, he says, I haven't pulled you off it, so... Um, so I'm going to get them back. So bombard. <laughs> Sorry, if you want to bombard anything, <laughs> anything we've discussed, I normally say get in touch. You can bombard at Scott McDermott 8. Yes. Uh, Scott McDermott 8. Make sure you've got that. And at Andy Newport DR uh, if you want to get in touch. Us. Boys. Sorry? In yours has Gav. Uh, oh, I'm not. I'm not. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm sure. Right, thanks very much. And um, after your 4 4 prediction, Andy, we'll be back next week to discuss a 0 0 draw. Could you see it there? And they'll all be on Twitter saying he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> right, great. Thank you, guys. Cheers. See you later. Bye bye.